Oh yeah, I was gonna tell those ladies to to chime in. Um, hold on, real quick. Oh, so this is live, isn't it? Huh. Okay. <laughs> on Facebook, it will be, and then we'll we'll all launch it later, though. Okay. I guess I should post on Facebook too, huh? So I told her, the other lady. Okay. I love picking your brain. I'm excited to do this. <laughs> Sometimes I come up with answers that <laughs> surprise myself too. <laughs> it's funny. No, it's just, it's nice talking to some like other practitioners that really just know so much. You know, I, I learn, I learn on the show too. <laughs> I tell all of my, uh, even like during lunchtime, I'm talking to my uh, staff and uh, there they just ask questions and things and I come you know I'm trying to answer them or I somehow figure out how to answer them and uh, things just like randomly happen and they're like whoa that's crazy <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> I would not be surprised well I mean, sometimes when we just talk things out we come up with new revelation you know yeah um yep. let's see so Ace integrate. I want to get your. Well, I have your you. Ace integrative. What is your Facebook again? Not your personal. Your um, Facebook page. Ace integrative health. Ace. Oh, there it is. I see. Okay, and then I'll I'll put your website here too. I'm getting smarter at this. Ace. <laughs> Integrative health. So wait, are you you're tagging me on it? Is that right? Yeah, I'm tagging you. Um, I put your uh your personal. I tagged you as your personal, and then I put your um your business and your website. Okay. 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 All right. So. All right, I'm gonna go live in just a second. So just pause and then I'll introduce you and then welcome to your show just like usual and then we'll get going. Okay, so am I supposed to share this or just wait it out and share later? Oh, you could do that while I'm doing the intro. It might, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay, all right, so just pause real quick or be quiet, I guess just say. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline from thewellnesstrinity.com, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Today, we're going to discuss 
of, on our Women's Health series, A New Perspective on Solutions for PMS, PMDD, and Fibromyalgia with Dr. Achint Choksi. I've had him on the show a, a couple times, actually. He's a popular guest on this show. Um, me and him just love chatting, and I love picking his brain because he's a medical doctor, and he's also a holistic doctor, too, and I just love how I can put this whole picture together, and there's just so many things I, I personally feel like I can learn from him, so I know you guys as well can learn, as, can learn too. So anyways, um, if you want to watch some of the other shows that we did together, he was on my coronavirus series as well as my mental wellness podcast series, too. And you can find him at aceintegrativehealth.com. So Dr. Choksi, welcome again to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Jacqueline. I appreciate your introduction and it's a pleasure to be here as well. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Okay, so I wanted to mention, I mean, we were talking off air about some story with one of your patients and you worked your patient up to 32 para ones and 32 para twos. And when you're telling me that, I not wasn't completely shocked, but I, I was just kind of curious behind your reasoning behind it. Um, I have heard of people taking large doses of those supplements um, to get rid of parasites, but that was actually a, a lot more on the more extreme end of it. So, I mean, what was your rationale? Why were you giving this client or patient, 32 para ones and 32 para twos. <laughs> so we had done some gut testing on this patient and found out that uh, they have a certain type of parasite in there. And it's supposed to, the parasite length normally could be two meters to eight meters long. And that's the normal length of this parasite. And uh, it can go to your brain and it can cause something called uh, neurocysticosis or something, some crazy disease. But it basically causes cysts in the brain. And when we found out that this person has this, I said, okay, well, we'll try uh, our approach and see what happens. You know, obviously we sent him to the GI specialist, um, me being a family doctor and integrative doctor, I still referred him out. I referred him to a neurologist as well, just to see what we could do. And obviously an infectious disease because he had all of these kind of overlapping things. I started him on this parasite cleanse that, we, uh, that we've been doing and um, he didn't respond initially. So I said, okay, let's get a little bit harder. And so we went up to fours. But he still didn't respond. And then he started telling me that he has a, um, he, he started getting cramps and his cramps started happening during full moon cycle. So right when the full moon was there, he would get those cramps. And those were something that he did not have prior. And he's been, he did, you know, we cleaned them out the first phase, we got rid of his biofilms and all those things in his gut. So we made his bowel move and emptied it out, cleaned it out. But then now it was time to clean out the epithelial lining or the gut lining. And there are things that just sit there deep down in the villi that we don't know. And they may even be underneath the mucosal lining. And sometimes they just live there, they fester, they grow. And especially during the full moon cycle, 
whenever the full moon happens, the bacteria, parasites, things, creatures, pretty much they just like to grow because it increases the flow. And we notice this kind of things in, you know, ER when the ER is completely full during full moon and uh, ICUs and psych wards. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, he started getting these cramps. So I said, I thought to myself that this is an indication that what we're doing is irritating the lining. It's probably irritating his parasite. And in order to grab hold of those parasites and let them come out in the stool, we wanted to take that chance and not lose the opportunity during the full moon. So we said, you know what, why don't we just go up? And pretty much, so it, full moon was coming, like he, he had told me this thing on the 13th, and then the 14th and the 15th would be this full moon. So like two days before the full moon, and I said, okay, we're going to go up. Like, we're just going to go up and up and up for next, you know, three, four days. So every day we just doubled. So we went from, we were already doing four. So that night we did eight. Next day we did 16. On the day of full moon, we did 32. And then one more day of 32, another day of 32, twice a day. I mean, these are like, you're taking 66 capsules a day. That's a lot. But... Um, it worked so that's what we wanted to do and then you take pictures of your you know stool and you'll see things in there and um it's kind of interesting you know i mean you know i didn't collect that stool to send it out to the lab we had already done stool testing so we kind of knew that parasites are already there and uh, we just keep going up until we see some type of response now, obviously, this is not FDA approved or nor it's recommended by it was a trial that we wanted to do and see if it works. Right. Um, so his symptoms got better, obviously, and we will continue to monitor him and see what shows up. Uh, we're going to do our stool testing again in a month or two from now and see if you know he's still positive and uh but you know as of now we're going by his symptoms mm -hmm. so that's what that's what we did um not to lose that opportunity of the full moon basically mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of different way of thinking because we're now looking at science and energy at the same time because we have evidence of what happens in the body when the full moon happens or what happens in the medical community and uh now we're trying to connect those two dots. So uh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> well, when you, when you talk parasites, I think, um, I don't know, in my book, it's always fun. <laughs> because, okay, look, it's weird. It's crazy. Uh, people get squirmish about it. But for me, I'm more freaked out that there's a possibility of this thing living inside of me. And, you know, I've been there where my hair was falling out. My energy was low. It's like, I'm, my mind, my spirit is willing, but my body is weak. It can't keep up with where I want to go in my life. <laughs> and it's not a fun place to be. And being that parasites are a huge issue and that they can cause issues like that. And um, if you want to explain a little bit about the symptoms that your, your patient had, I mean, 
these these symptoms are are not fun to deal with. And when you can do protocols like this, where you can eliminate the root cause, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, if somebody asked me, did I really eliminate the root cause? Well, to be honest, I would have to prove it. And I would have to do the MRI of the brain and do the blood test and stool test to really find out exactly what we're dealing with and if it's completely gone. But yes, we can trial as all of these alternative anti-aging regenerative therapies to help those symptoms. And, you know, when the brain fog, the stomach cramps and fatigue, and obviously, you know, when the energy starts going away uh, because you have something in your body and then it starts coming back, that for, from the patient's perspective, that's a good enough answer mm-hmm. that something worked. So, um, you know, our body is like our city. Uh, you know, we have limited resources that come in. What you put in your body becomes you. And what has, and you're supporting, you know, nine out of 10 of your cells that are not you, which are bacteria, funguses, parasites, with those same resources, because they're living off of you. So when, when those resources get used, up, used by other things, it, you know, we lack them. Uh, we, it, we don't have them available for us. And in return, sometimes they produce toxins. Mm-hmm. And if we have toxins in our body, then our immune system and our path, the detox pathways has to be overactive. They have to work extra. So, you know, if you have terrorists running around in your city, then your police will have to work extra. And that just means that some of your roads are going to be blocked and some of your citizens are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happens in our body. Our normal cells, our normal citizens, they just suffer because the terrorists are producing toxins and passing out mm-hmm. drugs and <laughs> affecting, affecting our normal well-being yeah. while our immune system ramps up to try to suppress them. Now, were you having that patient take biotoxin binder with that protocol? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He so, was on a ton of other stuff. I mean, oh, that, okay. Yeah, the para one, para two are great, but then he was on a ton of other stuff. So I'm just curious how much biotoxin binder you were taking because biotoxin binder is the the binder for the toxins that the parasites are releasing. So I'm just wondering, did you massively increase the biotoxin binder as you were doing 32 para ones and 32 para twos? Yeah, we went up to eight and eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, and normally yeah. it's, so how much do you normally One, recommend? one and one. Like you just do, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you start. You start slow and steady until you want to get the symptoms. Yeah. And you monitor your symptoms sure. really closely. Yeah. Yeah. And by no means, anyone that's listening to this, do not do this on your own. (laughs) (laughs) We're just letting you know that sometimes it needs to happen. Um, And when you're working with a practitioner that can help guide you through this, I mean, it just, it can really be, maybe it can really change that person's life. How would, how did your patient feel after doing this? I mean, the patient felt better. There's absolutely, I mean, they're still on, the next phases of detox and clean out, but already there, because he started working out, his muscle mass has gone up. His energy has gone up. He's already mentally feeling better. The relationship with his wife has become better. 
So when those are the kind of responses that the patient starts telling you that he's sleeping better, his you know, clarity is there now, he's able to appreciate more things in life much easier, then, then you say, okay, things are working. And you wow. just keep doing it until, until they tell you that they're done with it. You know, sometimes finances will be an issue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, patients will guide you and the energies will guide you through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And this is why we do the work that we do, because, you know, those stories are priceless. When you see people's life change in so many different areas, so many people don't even realize that their relationship problems are linked to their health problems. You, do you find that, that people have this disconnect that they don't even realize that they're probably lashing out and they don't get along, they can't forgive their husband or wife or friend or whatever, uh, because they're dealing with these issues. Oh my God, we can talk about the mental issues connected to relationships uh, and how they're connected to their physical, actual physical self is, I mean, that mind, body, spirit connection, you know, it absolutely exists. There's, there's no way to deny that. And those, those patients, uh, you know, we have a memory. So when things happen, we become, we become creatures of our belief systems because of the memories so one experience can create a belief system you know experience leads to a certain type of belief belief leads to certain type of thoughts when you have certain type of thoughts you tend to behave certain way you know kids are not born with certain type of belief system they're ingrained into them based on external epigenetics factors and that's how your genes are going to start transcribing and translating and expressing themselves so when uh, when those things happen it's absolutely you have to realize where these energies are flowing directly because if the environment is hot you're going to express the genes for sweat and you're going to produce sweat and that's going to make you feel yucky so environment genes emotions and that's true for everything um you know, that's the epigenetics. And in between all of those things, genetics leads to proteomics and that's the proteins and peptides and amino acids. So there's, it, it connects right down to the feelings. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about emotions and our physical connection. When people come to you, uh, women particularly, since we're gonna talk about women more so on the show, and they yeah. have PMS issues, they have PMDD, they have fibromyalgia. I mean, women can be hit with a whole host of things yeah. and don't really know what's the root cause, what's going on, why, they're hap- why this is happening or what even to do about it. So, I mean, what, what's the deal? What is PMS in the first place? Premenstrual syndrome. <laughs> it's just a group of symptoms, right? I mean, it's a body's physiology, what it, what's happening in, in a woman's body as they go through a natural process. And um, a lot of it has to be, it's connected to energy and it's connected to energy that is created because of hormonal surges and how, because you have, because women are born with this energy, right? They're born with a certain number of eggs and then those have to be released every month after month. So the process is 
universal. I mean, it's natural, but in during that process, we have the ability to control a lot of things. And when we don't, when we have been, we have never been trained from the time we were young, uh, how to control those energies, then over time they have led to symptoms. So just like how heart disease have brought, has been brought up because it's a lifestyle disease and blood pressure is a lifestyle disease because of certain way you live, certain ex exposure to toxins, certain exposures to type of food, certain exposures to type of thoughts, and then we hold on to these thoughts. Same thing in, in, a, in a women's life in a monthly cycle that has gotten worse and worse and worse over the last course of many, many, many hundreds of years because our lifestyle has gone astray or it's not aligned. So the energy completely changes and we can go down straight down into um, the, uh, ener the chemicals and the, and how, uh, how those, and how they lead to emotions, but we call them PMS now because we had to give them a set of names. When enough women start having these type of symptoms, you know, scientific medical community will give it a name and we call that premenstrual syndrome. And mm -hmm. then worsening of that, if you have a lot of uh, worsening of those symptoms, then we call them PMDD. And uh, that's, what, that's what that is. And uh, oh, if some people don't know what PMDD stands for, that's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And then PMS is premenstrual syndrome. So the worst okay. form of PMS is PMDD. So mm -hmm. a lot of people might not have heard of it. And it's a DSM, it's their criteria by the DSM-5 um, that, you know, DSM is... Uh, um, manual for uh, mental health uh, diagnostic criteria uh, for mental health. And they have criteria. If you have five or more of depression, anxiety, lability, you know, um, uh, lethargy, irritability, borderline bipolar personalities, overwhelming pain. If you have, you know, more than five, then we call them PMDD. But there's a way to control that energy. And when, when I take care of women, I mean, in last five years, I mean, including my last year of residency, I have almost all of the patients that I've take, taken care of who are women and who have PMS. I think I have helped them get out of it. So, which has been pretty cool. And, um, and more recently for last year or two, I've seen even for fibro, I mean, I thought fibro was not some, you know, back in the day in residency, we thought fibro was just something that you, fibromyalgia is a disease that you just give as a last disease that because you don't know how to solve uh, the pain issue of a woman and we just say, okay, it's fibro, it's your mental issue. But it's, it has nothing to do with, I mean, I don't think it has to do with mental because when we when we change the electronic flow of the blood and the lymphatic system in a woman and how it flows and how much pressure it generates. So, you know, you're talking about pressure and flow situation and you're talking about cytokine storm and, 
but cytokine release, I should say, uh, the infl inflammatory uh, markers that get released. Once, you, once we get rid of those, I feel we have pretty good success rate with it. Obviously, uh, I don't have the data to say, okay, 100% of my women or less than 100 or 90%, but I have seen very good success rate. I mean, I don't remember the last time I gave any gabapentin or amitriptyline or, you know, Percocets or, uh, you know, SSRIs for these disorders at all. Mm -hmm. I haven't needed to in the last two years. Yeah, that's um, great. Know. Yeah. So can you expand and explain what is a cytokine storm? Um, okay. So everybody has to realize there are two types of immune systems in our body, just like how there are two types of police systems in the city. Or you have a regular police that does your policing, you know, what comes in, and you say, oh, those are neutrophils, macrophages, lymphocytes, um, basophils, monocytes, and lysosomes. Those are all kind of the regular police that always monitors what's going on. Then you have the National Guard, right? Or the snipers. Those are like the backup police. When the innate immunity doesn't function, then it will go after the adaptive immunity. So if you have 100 police, that says that are fighting the battle in your city and those hundred police say, say oh we're running out you know a virus is winning against us or bacteria or parasite is winning against us you know we don't have enough of enough of backup then they're going to make an sos call to the national guard or the snipers and they're going to say okay bring in the entire military you know cavalry that you have now we need help and there is T helper cells, they are natural killer cells, B cells, you know, we have immune cells, IgA, IgAs, IgGs, IgMs, IgEs, those are all part of the adaptive immunity. And, and, and they, uh, some of them also release mediators like cytokines. Cytokines are a group of cells that will increase our inflammation, meaning our heat, it will increase pain, it will increase um, the color of that area, it will increase the fluid, so it will help you um, get more blood. Basically, those are kind of like the guys that will block all the roads and say, you know what, National Guard is coming, block all the roads, nobody can walk through. Like when the president is coming, everybody just blocks the roadways because they're coming. And that's when, that's what the, our adaptive immunity brings in from time to time. And that, they come in really fast. And when they come in, even before the SOS call is made by the regular police to the adaptive immunity and adaptive immunity initially sends in all these other people that will make waves for the road and then the National Guard will come in. So before the IgGs come in, before you have time to get over the viral or parasitic infections, you have, this in, you have these mediators that are just fighting, right? They, I mean, they are trying to help you, but they also cause a lot of pain. And when we get into this chronic state of fighting, we're always chronically releasing um, these mediators and we call them cytokines and inflammatory markers.
but uh, there, there are thousands of them, right? And uh, they're all put together into this one group. And, uh, you know, things like that are, that are happening in PMS and PMDD and fibro. Uh, we just, uh, we can control those things as much as we can. Yeah. So in the beginning, if someone is in, in danger mode of, uh, let's say, a toxin infection, et cetera, or some, some other thing that might be going on, um, it's good to have that cytokine storm from what you're, it sounds like from what you're saying, but then over time, you just, you, it's not good to have it for a long duration of time. So I wouldn't call it a storm, but it's good to have cytokines. Mm -hmm. You need a little bit of inflammation in your body to heal. When we are working out, we, our mitochondria releases oxidative stress, reactive oxygen species. Those oxygen radical causes a little bit of inflammation. And we need that. Inflammation is part of our natural healing process. But it becomes a storm, right? It's like you need a little bit of rain. You need some rain, but you don't need a flood, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't live there um, because it floods you. And that's what storm is. The cytokine storm is, is like a flood that you never wanted. Okay. So during PMS and during PMDD, this cytokine storm sounds like it's like for people that are having those extreme situations or they're having a, probably a large cytokine storm then. What, is that correct? Uh, they're having large cytokine release so the inflammation does happen. Um, prostaglandins, which are another markers of inflammation, they also release and they also, you know, the, their levels go up. And that's why we, you know, used to, and we still do recommend ibuprofen and NSAIDs that decrease inflammatory markers like prostaglandins because it blocks the production of it. But you know, we have to realize where those things are coming from mm -hmm. because um, the role of the monthly cycle is to release egg and implant for implantation, right, to reproduce. So as the egg gets prepared for the first 14 days or whatever, first two weeks, depending on your time of your cycle, um, usually it's the 14 day. Um, uh, ovulation happens and then once the ovulation happens that comes out you know once it's prepared it comes out into the into the uh, um, uterus well fallopian tube and the uterus and it's it's saying hey is am i going to get fertilized and our body releases or after ovulation it increases um estrogen and progesterone, more progesterone than estrogen, to help that egg be ready for the fertilization. And when it doesn't happen, our body says, okay, this little corpus luteum did not happen, which is the fertilized egg. And uh, um, we don't need this progesterone anymore. Otherwise, that little bit of progesterone that is released by uh, our body, it's, uh, it's helping, it's supposed to help them. And then the corpus luteum, the fertilized egg should start producing the progesterone on its own, but it doesn't happen. So then our pro uh, production of progesterone decreases. So estrogen decreases. Progesterone is 
made out of cholesterol in our adrenals. It becomes mineralocorticoid, it becomes cortisol, it becomes testosterone and estrogen and, you know, uh, our hormones to some degree. Uh, it, it's, all of these hormones are directly helping upregulate our reaction speed. So not our emotional reaction speed, obviously it is related to them, but our enzymatic reaction speed. So progesterone is a steroid hormone, cortisol is a steroid hormone, like these hormones will upregulate the speed at which you make things in the body. So during ovulation, a lot of people feel great and it makes you more wanting to do things. And initial time you feel uh, uplifted, but then as the progesterone and as the implantation doesn't happen, then our body says, okay, I don't need this lining. I don't need this entire house that I have made for implantation. I don't need it anymore. So, you know, the first 14 days was a building cycle. You're literally building your house to, to implant. And then the second half of the cycle is like, if it doesn't happen, you have to literally destroy that whole house and you have to shed the whole lining. And that's a lot of cells now they are dying. So there's a lot of death that's happening. Other than the death, that progesterone that decreases, it slows down the reaction speed. So the little blood vessels the, that are uh, um, developed in the first half of the cycle, they also start shrinking and shedding. So the reaction speed just drops. And when the reaction speed drops, the cell starts dying. And in that area, when the cell starts dying, they start, our body says, okay, it's time to release them. So when things die, there is death. The death is happening. So if you, the, if you think about the energies of death, try to plant a, try to seed a plant or plant a seed. So <laughs> 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 try to do that, you know, go next to a plant and touch it during your period, don't do that, but because it will kill it. And a lot of farmers know that. You cannot plant things when you're on your period. Otherwise, mm. it will kill them. And that's because there's a lot of energy. So if you're trying to pickle a tomato or make some type of pickle and you're jarring it, right, uh, to store it for next three months or six months, um, you want to some type of a you know relish or whatever if you make it during your period it will go bad and this is something that we hear right and probably science and food scientists have proven that fact i don't know i haven't read those data but this is something traditional knowledge in every part of the world regardless of which religion you are all the farmers know this. This is the knowledge that people who plant know that. A lot of times we try to plant a garden in our house and it doesn't grow, it dies. And you're like, okay, I just grew this three months ago. It worked out just fine. And now my cilantro is not growing. What's happening? And you have to follow that, the, the energies of what's happening to you otherwise it will not grow it will just die over and over again mm -hmm. and then you'll just give up 
right? You'll just give up and you're like, okay, I don't want to plan anymore because it's dying. So now let's check it back to PMS. Because we know through association that plants die and plants have certain type of life. And just because you're on your period, it's happening to them. Now think about this. How many bacteria do you have living in your gut? Trillions. Mm-hmm. Will they die? Probably. If a, if a species like a plant is dying and it's degenerating when you touch it, what do you think is happening to these little microbes in your gut during this cycle? They're also dying. Now, let's track it back to science. When my, what do we know from the microbiome world? 90% of serotonin, 90% of most of your neurotransmitters, well, I don't want to claim that, but 90% of serotonins and other neurotransmitters are produced by your gut mm-hmm. bacteria. If you kill your gut bacteria, or not that you kill them, sorry, you they die because of your natural cycle. If they die, what happens during that last one week of the cycle or last 10 days of the cycle? If your serotonin production goes down, you're going to feel yucky. You're mm-hmm. going to feel depressed. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel bipolar. You're going to feel borderline. You're going to feel like the world just took the rug underneath you. You're going to go into this pain. The pain is different, right? Pain is happening because of death is happening because of cytokines are coming because of prostaglandins are coming they're trying to clear all that things and it's happening so fast and and it releases a certain type of you know odor as well and you feel that and people feel that and if somebody had a boil on their arm or on their belly or something and it it causes pustule well, that pus stinks because there's a lot of death that's happening the macrophages and neutrophils are destroying the bacteria and that's what they're needing to do and it causes pain so similarly when cells are dying because the implantation didn't happen you prepared your house and now you have to break it down breaking down is also emotional right every time you make something and then every month you have to break it down try to do it with your room or try to do it with like a pot every month make something and break it down like it hurts you and when it directly is your own body it tends to create this type of emotional pattern uh in our in our subconscious mind because all experiences create certain type of beliefs and when these kind of things start happening you will feel it so microbiome is dying neurotransmitters are taking going away for until you rebuild your microbiome neurotransmitters won't come up and there's a lot of cytokines are released cytokines by definition you can google this you can research it we already know that people who are more inflamed they are more hypercoagulable meaning they clot up or prostaglandins constrict your blood vessels it also is bringing in this entire lymphatic system and imagine the entire army coming down on the on on this road you know mason montgomery road well the road's going to be blocked normal people are not going to be able to go and 
Same thing happens in our lymphatic system. It gets flooded. It gets blocked when mm. you have too many of these cytokines and too many of these lymph uh, lymphocytes are going through it because they also have to travel. So mm -hmm. that's the pressure that I'm talking about, right? We, the pressure of the blood, the pressure of the lymphatic system, if it gets blocked, now you have, look at this whole picture. Now you have death, you have that releases inflammation. Inflammation causes pain. It's in, it causes a lot of blood flow because your body's trying to flush it. Then it also blocks your blood flow because it is hypercoagulable. And if it's not clotting you, it's definitely increasing just because the traffic is increasing in those blood flows in the lymphatic system. So just by conceptualizing a lot more traffic, you're going to be blocked. So then that's when we say, oh, apply heating pad, right? Because it helps because it's vasodilating, not vasoconstricting mm -hmm. because the prostaglandins are constricting and constriction is less. It's like putting you know, 100 car on a single lane road while vasodilating is giving five lane highway for those same 100 cars to go on. So we wanna open up the blood flow, we wanna open up our body, we wanna open all these things up. And then you look at what happens with progesterone and all these hormones, they are also down-regulating your reaction speed to do all of these things. So imagine you have, <laughs> you have a road you have 100 cars, it's instead of five lane, it's one lane. And then you also tell them that your reaction, your car cannot speed above 10 miles per hour because you, are, you took away the gas pedal, the nitrogen, the, you know, the, one of the cylinders in the car, the reaction speed just went down. So now you can't even have those 100 cars moving at 100 miles per hour. They're now moving at 10 miles per hour because you literally took away 90% of the neurotransmitters that are coming, you, the 90% the drop that happens in the progesterone and estrogen. So it's evident by association that why pain happens. It's evident by association why mood is affected. Now, in order to change those things, well, the other side of the story is over time, we have put in enough toxins in our body that has blocked our ovaries and our adrenals and our blood flow. You know, you might have mold and you might have heavy metals running through your blood and that just clots more things up. It's like a highway and now you have a roadblock or somebody else is, you know, some toxin is, is shooting at you, right? And your cars are moving even slower because your immune system has to now deal with some other toxins or your detox pathways have to deal with some other things, uh, let alone your own body. And those are, th that is what I say is a lifestyle issue because those other toxins, they're flooding our system. Mm -hmm. We are not even allowing our cars to move at 10 miles per hour. You know, we're not even allowing our cars to move at 10 miles per hour. We are literally, it's like the cars are moving, but everybody else is shooting at them. Mm -hmm. And literally those cars are just sitting there and they're not flowing. And that's when, then that's when I say, you know what, 
this PMS, this PMDD, this fibro can be affected from the perspective of removing the toxins, mm -hmm. perspective of removing these things out of your body and opening up the blood flow and allowing your cortisol, allowing your, allowing your uh, mineralocorticoids to be up during that time so that though because how many women love chocolate and salt during that time <laughs> i'm definitely a chocolate one yeah. during that time but i make sure it has no sugar yeah so sugar is different but salt is a lot of people crave because i have found this that more out of majority of the women that i have said this to over the last five years to give up salt during that during that time of the last 10 days of your cycle has been really tough okay it has been really tough they would they don't want to give that up wait but do you, you actually recommend it like like therapeutically for the, last, for the yeah as a trial right oh okay I mean, so yes. you're just testing it you're just i have done it for five years i say all of these things are trial right just because they're not proven but you know, science has not guidelines. So my question much, is, you think that it's actually good for I do recommend them. I do so, recommend okay. yes. Okay. So I recommend pretty much every woman to get off of salt. But if they don't want to get off of salt and it is something that you obviously need, then I would say to get on a uh, high fat vegan plant-based keto diet with salt so what happens is most people who get on a high fiber you know plant-based fiber not processed fibers and prebiotic fibers would be better when people get on that with keto high fat what happens? Your cholesterol goes up, cholesterol becomes progesterone, progesterone becomes mineralocorticoids and cortisol in your body. So during that time of the month, now you're upregulating it while your corpus luteum isn't producing the progesterone anymore. So you are maintaining your levels through your adrenals because you're upregulating those things, even though something down there isn't making it for you anymore, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the implantation hasn't happened. Most people, when they get on keto diet, what do they feel? They, they feel they, they keto feel, flu. They have a keto flu. So, in order to solve the keto flu, you have because what is keto doing? Keto is helping you let go of your salt mm. because it is flushing that out of you. That's why, in order to prevent keto flu, you have to add salt. Mm. You have to add magnesium. And those are kind of the things that, you know, women, I would recommend to start with because that will help automatically flush a lot of things out of the body. You know, it doesn't address all the toxins. It doesn't address all the other reactive oxygen species and inflammation that somebody would have. But it is something that pretty much anybody can do. Either you try to get rid of salt, and if you can't, then get on a keto diet. Mm -hmm. and, and for that, ten, those 10 days, excuse me, for those 10 days, I would recommend that we can, uh, we can try a vegan plant-based diet so you're not putting in endotoxins in your body. Because a lot of the fat 
that is inside the meats have a lot of endotoxins. And endotoxins are, again, toxins. So you don't want to put in things that are going to cause more toxins to build up in your body. That's going to cause more roadway blockages in your body. And that's going to cause more cytokine release. And um, that's what that is. So that's something that we can cycle on and off. And that will help prevent the entire bloating aspect. Because most people crave salt. Most women crave salt during that time. They want to hold on to that water. Well, salt retains water. Water retains the bloating. bloating. And you'll feel that. So then if you don't want to feel those things, then how about we get rid of it? by getting on you know, natural, simple diet. The reason why I talk about plant-based is because it will help the energy of probiotics to multiply because these are prebiotic fibers. You know, Because death is happening, death is killing the probiotics, you need to support them. Mm-hmm. If you do not support your probiotics, your serotonin will go down and you will feel worse. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can be day and night your thought processes could be up and down completely and families may not understand that yeah. you know when these kind of things are happening so this is 10 days before their period right yeah about four days out. after yeah three or four days after uh having the um uh, having uh, going through ovulation okay because you know if you're sexually if you're active you know you're intimate and if you get pregnant then that's totally a different story none of these oh yeah yeah so providing that they're not pregnant then this is about four days after yeah so you just give it i mean it's gonna help regardless i mean even if you're pregnant i don't think i mean it's it wouldn't be contraindicated to just eat you know a week of plant-based diet that's not Mm -hmm. contraindicated for pregnancy okay Okay, so let's let me see if I can sum this up. So you're saying that because during that time, right before the period, there's this death that happens, um, and then that causes inflammation, and then that inflammation causes pain, which is why women have pain during that time, and then that um, inflammation can also block blood flow in the end as well too. Did I sum that up? Yes, and then that inflammation, because the death is happening, the death of bacteria is happening. Yes, and, yeah, the death of bacteria. And the bacteria is leading to, about. yeah, the bacteria is, is what, because we're killing the bacteria, we're, the bacteria are dying. That's what leads to more emotional symptoms of these, these, uh, these two disorders. Okay, so the death of the... Um, what do we what do we call it bacterias. again? The bacteria. No, no, no. Before the bacteria, the um, the lining. The lining, the lining is dying, right? The yeah. depth of the lining causes inflammation, and then as a result of the inflammation, now our gut bacteria are less. So then, when our gut bacteria is less, so those are the probiotics for those of you guys that like probiotics. Then we um, can't make our neurotransmitters like serotonin that make us happy, which is why we can become more depressed. Um, and that's only one ser- That's only one. There's many different types of neurotransmitters that affect our mood. And that's why we could just be moody in general during that time. All right. All right. I uh, was trying to figure out how do I sum up this very complex matter that you explained? <laughs> I love, I love the, the science of it, though. So thank you for going into detail with all that. I'm going to have to listen to that a few times. 
Um, but for those of you that are listening, um, that's, that's how I would take that. Now, knowing that, and then knowing mm -hmm. that as like, if you, if someone is toxic, if someone has extra toxins in their body, then that can, that whole situation can be aggravated. And this is why people have more PMS and more PMDD, right? Yes, exactly. This whole situation is aggravated to another level because we have put, because we live a lifestyle that is very toxic. Yeah. And, and even, even without trying, I mean, some of us mm -hmm. could definitely make some better choices. Um, I, I think a lot of us could probably, even myself, I've, I've worked really hard to make better choices, even where I live, et cetera. Um, but aside from that, I mean, there's just stuff going on around everywhere. I mean, it's just hard to avoid it. So we just have to know that and we have to do our part to keep ourselves healthy and make sure we're, we're constantly cleansing our body out of the toxins that we're exposed to, yeah. um, which is, um, it can be simple, but you know, again, you wanna make sure you're working with someone that can properly identify how, how to walk you through a protocol that can, can effectively do this and not spin your wheels or money and et cetera. Or, you know, you might, I don't want to say we'll get worse necessarily. Uh, yeah. You'll probably get a little bit better, but um, sometimes people will go and do like a three-day cleanse and then wonder why they're still not feeling better in the long run. So there's a lot more to it than that. And and then you also have to keep in mind about the full moon compared to new moon. When the new moon also happens, there's less amount of neurotransmitters, less amount of everything. And if your cycle falls on the new moon cycle, I would say it's a claim, but you know, maybe you can correlate more PMDD and more PMS symptoms during those times as well. So those are certain things that you know women can follow and track just by looking at you know calendars of moon and your own PMS or your own monthly cycle. Okay, so the full moon. We started talking about that in the beginning because. Today is the day before the full moon for July. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about with your patient, how that was affecting your patient. Now with a woman, if you're on your period, now you're just double trouble, it sounds like. And then if you have toxins, you're triple trouble. <laughs> if you have other parasites and infections, et cetera, I mean, you're just like in a, this, it, that sounds like the cytokine storm right there. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because the full moon cycle will help, will worsen the toxins because your toxic bugs will start growing, but then, and that will affect your normal bacterial count as well, because your normal bacteria, they're also growing, but the, because the toxic bugs are growing, they're gonna lead to more inflammation. Normal bacteria are gonna make you feel better, but then, you're, but then they're dying because of the cycle. Literally, it's getting slashed, it's like, having 100 more police force come in, but then none of them work. So then it's a bigger drop. And then in the new moon cycle, the cytokine storm may be less, meaning the pain may be less, but the emotional symptoms may be worse. So, I mean, both of these cycles have to be really focused on. I would say, I mean, the solution to all of this is to some degree having a lot more probiotics, a lot less toxins, and, uh, and uh, yeah, when you okay. get rid of the toxins and, and you get rid of, have a lot more probiotics, I think it automatically helps along with the diet change. So if somebody already has a bad digestive system, 
and which a lot of people do. Yeah. I'm sure you see that a lot. Icky gut, yeah. Yeah, then, I mean, this just sounds like an awful storm for people when they're on their, their period or, um, you know, around that, I should say, P we're talking about PMS, or so we're talking about before their period. Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. and absolutely true. I mean, we got to fix the gut. I mean, so it becomes a holistic approach or it's an integrative, total, wholesome approach to solving somebody's PMS or PMDD. It's not a mental disorder in my books. Mm -hmm. and but it is a it's it's very much associated with lifestyle choices and we have to you know take them through the different steps different phases of cleaning their body out and it's you know within one to three months things will change mm -hmm. and as soon as they change you're not going back because you're not going to want to be in that state ever again Right, so this, right. this becomes a totally new lifestyle for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many women would pay, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars to have a pain-free emotional, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, liability or emotional liability-free lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Where you can feel completely normal for 27 days out of the month. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll tell the audience too, even before my period, sometimes I'll notice uh, I get a little depressed too. And it's purely chemical. It's not like anything in my life has changed. It's the same thing. Um, but I, I, I catch it and I take immediate action for what I need to do. And uh, I support myself nutritionally. And it's, you know, when I do do that, when I notice it and I do that, I feel so much better. I go through it yeah. with so much more ease. I don't want pain, et cetera. So, I mean, my, I feel like my own testimony is, is enough to say, I mean, and I'm sure you could probably validate that too, that we don't really have to go through hell no. <laughs> right before our period, right? <laughs> totally. Uh, that was that. That was the the really nice way to put that, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was because um, you know I've experienced this in uh, in my relationships in the past, and uh, when 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 the woman agrees to the protocol and when they when they did it. It was like night and day, like, holy, thank you. <laughs> well, and then their boyfriends and their husbands and even their family members, et cetera. Um, my mom, you know, jokes around with my husband now that like, since my husband's come around that I'm a nicer person, but I'm like, mom, you don't understand what I was going through. Like now that I know all this stuff, I mean, I was one emotional wreck yeah. before I started cleansing my body out and, and getting rid of parasites and gallstones. And I mean, yeah, so that's a whole different story in itself. But uh, when yeah. our body is in balance, I mean, it just totally affects our mental wellness and how yeah. we affect uh, how we um, interact with other people. We talked about in the beginning briefly about relationships. It's huge. You know, it's if we want our relationships to be healthy, we have to physically be healthy, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, relationships are super interesting because a lot of us think, you know, we have pre-existing or preformed belief systems in relationships. A lot of times we tend to behave a certain way. And if, you, if we ever want to change our behavior or we think that we want to have our partner change our behavior or partner to change their behavior, all of that change is totally dependent on the neurotransmitter availability. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those available and then you don't have the cofactors, multivitamins and nutrients available, no matter how much you want to change, it 
it's very hard to change without those things. I mean, you would have to be a hardcore yogi living in the mountains. And maybe at that point, your body will automatically start producing those things, you know. But for all of us who are normal people, and <laughs> <laughs> it's um, availability of neurotransmitters, availability of energy, because those neurotransmitters are being used by cells and those cells need ATP and mitochondria has to be functioning optimally, the amount of inflammation, oxygen species that are being blocked. It's, it's, it has to be considered. So, you know, I, I didn't start out doing all the detailed precision labs that I do right now, but now in last year or two, we have gone into doing precision medicine. It's right down to the genes. You know, if I, you know, we test people's genes to find out their speed at which they're breaking, breaking down protein, breaking down fats, metabolizing carbs, how, what is your speed? You know, we look at all of those things and then we customize a workout schedule based on your genes. We customize your complete diet based on your genes. And once you do that, then now you have a whole picture how, because I don't want to give somebody... Um, let's say somebody who has PMS and PMDD and I want them to be on a certain type of diet because it will help them. Anti, let's say they also have autoimmune disease and I want them to be on a autoimmune paleo keto diet, you know, whatever that means. But let's say that I want them to be on a certain type of diet. Well, I have to, in order to help them, I need, you know, pretty much, I need to remove all sources of inflammation it could be food so then mm -hmm. there is a whole food testing it could be toxin mm -hmm. that's a source of inflammation it could be the amount of type of food you're eating meaning if your genes are if that woman has higher amount of protein genes and high amount of fat genes but then she doesn't have carb genes okay let's say that then or let's reverse the other fact because we're talking about PMDD it, because I want them to be on a, a keto diet. Then, then um, let's say that she doesn't have the genes to break down fats and proteins, but she can only have carbs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this woman only works out. She does weightlifting and all these things and she's not able to put on weight and she's avoiding carbs because she thinks that carbs are bad for us. She's staying on keto diet. But the keto itself is causing inflammation because, or it's the reason why it's causing inflammation is because diet is backing up. You're not processing the proteins and the fats, the rate at which you think you need. You're working out, but then your workout process requires a lot more breakdown of your proteins and because you're breaking down your muscle fibers. And then you need to utilize your proteins to heal your muscles that you just damaged. So that recovery time after the workout slows down because you're taking the protein, your friend is recovering just fine within 24 to 46 or 72 hours, but then it's taking you a whole week to recover from that one workout because your body doesn't have the genes to, or it's, you have less number of genes that utilize the proteins. So mm -hmm. then if you're utilizing at slower pace, then the muscle fiber that you broke, broke down are going to be they're gonna heal at a slower pace and mm -hmm. in terms of uh pms 
we really have to take a look at those genes and I have to really guide them through because I need to calculate their usage, right? Are you spending 3,200 calories a day by working out or running? Or are you spending 1,700 calories a day and you're just working in a, you know, in a, at home or whatever? So what is your usage rate? Based on that, we calculate it. And then we say, okay, if you do this, this is how it's going to let go of the toxins and uh, bloating and, you know, it will increase your progesterone and cortisol rate at which it does. And we can even check for the genes that look for progesterone and, sorry, adrenal co cortisol production as well. How much are you going to produce if you have high amount of fats? If you have fat utilizing genes, then you're going to produce fat much, you're going to utilize fat much faster. If you utilize fat faster, then it gets broken down into progesterone much faster. Then it gets down to the cortisol and mineralocorticoid level much faster. So that has to be utilized at, at another level. And then add weight loss to this, right? If that same woman who has all of these issues, has autoimmune and wants to lose weight, then we kind of, we kind of really have to hone into all of this while making sure that her pain goes away, her emotional stability comes back, her autoimmune goes away, and she loses weight. Mm. All of that. So that's, that's, that's a, a process. That's a process. Yeah. And, and we achieved that, right? We have been able to successfully achieve those results. Yeah. Well, and the reason why I emphasize process too is because a lot of times people come to us and, and you're a medical doctor. So people are very trained, especially with a medical doctor to think I'm just going to come and he's going to give me a pill and it's going to solve all my problems. I'm sure you have a whole <laughs> handful of people <laughs> that have come to you with that attitude. And then yeah. you have to retrain their mind and make them realize, no, look, yeah. your lifestyle, your food, your, your lack of exercise, sedentary lifestyle, your environmental toxin exposure, your negative thoughts, your, you know, I mean, there's all this package of stuff that gets us to the point where now we're very ill. And, yeah. uh, and the, and the more that we, we do that, um, we, we add on to that bucket, then the more that there's, that we need cleaning up. So, you know, I just want to, I wanted to shed light on that because, um, it is a process. And if you go into, um, a program and you you have that expectation that okay I know it's not going to be easy I know there's a lot of things that we need to work out and it can be worked out over time um, but I'm committed then you're going to get to your destination at some point you know perseverance is key so it, the, if you if you just come and think that you know oh Dr. Choksi or Dr. Jacqueline's going to give you one pill and all of a sudden everything is great well I mean you could speak for yourself, Dr. Choksi, but for me, that's not that I, I can't help you. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very difficult to have a singular track mindset that one symptom has one pill as a solution. It may be needed. I prescribe things when it's needed, but I think as much as I try, you know, I try to understand the actual process and find data behind that supports those things and you know try to practice evidence-based medicine and those are things that i've said today the the a lot of them are understood by association but those association the what we are making both of those things have evidence and we have to see it and when we integrate things we really realize okay 
that's what's happening to the body when it's full moon or that's what's happening to the body when it's this. So I haven't heard what uh, the pathophysiology, meaning how PMS or PMDD causes all the symptoms anywhere else, right? I haven't heard that. I'm sure other doctors are out there who may say these kind of things that I said today. But to some degree, to me, it kind of makes sense. So because I'm able to explain all the symptoms of these conditions mm -hmm. and, you know, including fibro, right? You know, how many women have thought about having a, um, you know, most, most people, let's, let's take a step back. Fibro pain happens in the back, right? In the right in the middle, right above this in, in uh, bra line. So when it's happening above the bra line, what is what are we looking at? It's, you know, you can, when you touch that area and when you touch underneath the bra, it's direct difference. I mean, there is an obvious difference in the temperature. Above, right in the middle of the back, the it feels hot. Underneath it, it feels cool. So why is it that right above the bra line in between the bra lines, there is a lot more heat because the bra itself is blocking the lymphatic flow mm -hmm. and the blood flow so that over time it starts causing pain there because it's just the roadblock. The way it's supposed to drain out of the top part of your body where most of the lymphatic system is, it's not, it's not dropping because this is tight, that is tight, you know, all of that is in the back is all tight. So then, then over time, fibro will start happening. And then it gets worse when you're a heavy set woman. It gets worse when, you know, we start, um, when, when we tend to wear a lot of tight clothing just because it's constricting the blood flow. So there are, you know, bras out there that can take away the weight uh, that you're carrying in the, in the front because all that weight has to be carried. So instead of having just one simple thin, you know, it's like holding on to two pounds on a one little string instead of having an actual rope, right? Like you don't want one strain you want like 10 of those so you it, it, if it's bigger then it kind of helps but you know those things are mechanics you know people who design them i guess they can do a better job at designing them so that the uh, weight transmission and management can happen um, <laughs> above the body yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make bras that help people not have a hot woman not have fibromyalgia <laughs> Sounds like a great that's, that's, idea. That's a, that sounds like a great idea. It would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a whole group of people out there that are probably watching this right now thinking, oh my God, that is genius. I wish that I had that. I mean, people are suffering with this. So it's a real thing, obviously. Um, and um, I mean, that's a, great, um, I, that's a great thing to know that if it's I, if I, of our lymphatic system. If anybody wants to start a business, you know, you can call me up. We'll partner up and start it. <laughs> I'll be your marketing guy. You'll be your marketing guy. <laughs> you need and a you'll face, have all man. the testimonies of all the women that come in and you're like, oh my gosh, my fibromyalgia is gone. <laughs>
<laughs> that's hilarious. So I'm just anyways, like, yeah. um, okay. So we unfolded, I mean, gosh, a whole bag of stuff today with PMS, PMDD, fibromyalgia. Now, with all that being said, and now we, we discovered that, you know, yeah, there's some root causes. We talk a lot about toxins on the show, mm-hmm. but obviously those can affect our gut health, but just gut health in general is affected when our hormones are, are you know, up and down during these times. And then um, when the, the gut is, is uh, not making all the probiotic bacteria that it needs or some of it's destroyed, then now we have mental challenges. And this is why we have uh, PMS, uh, men- mental challenges, I should say, because PMS can also be a physical thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have PMDD, which is an even more extreme version of that. And so um, uh, there's a lot there. So where do people even begin if they have those challenges? Um. Well, they can call me. I can help them. Uh, if they're at home, they can try to become more holistic and try to send out these energies that are, and you know, this is all energy related, right? It's all about energy. It's when we look at, um, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. There is something that is coming back to you. We have to let these energies go. We have to stop putting in toxins. We have to make those hard choices that we have been ingrained to make, you know, whether it's going out and eating and, and not cooking. And, you know, it's, you know, you're making your own food. Your, your water is getting structured based on what you think. 80, 90% of who you are is dependent on what you think. And um, so those are kind of the hard choices that people have to make. We, um, you know, look out for something that uh, I, I'm coming out with something. So we'll, we'll have something that will help all women. And maybe in a month or two, I'll say what that is, that what we're coming out with. But everybody will have access to it. And... Uh, it will help solve a lot of these issues. It will directly help with this because it's a, because I want to make a claim, but I, I, you know, it helps with what we're talking about. You know, you can drink it and it helps and it will Mm -hmm. be very simple. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're able to get this product and um, which will be awesome. So this so, is something they'll take during their, those 10 days before their period. They can. If they do it all the time, then it may help them with weight management, probably weight loss much faster. But, um, you know, it's just weight management, weight support. We're try- we're, I'm trying to be very subtle about it just to let you know. Oh, but, okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. So you're being I, very subtle about telling I, people that you're coming out with something on yes, the podcast that is But not- so we, we sent it, we sent it to a marketing group in New York and mm-hmm. um, they got addicted. Wow. And uh, we have had about 50 testimonials. Wow. That's amazing. From kids to adults, to elderly, to athletes, to not a retired athletes. And we have seen, and women, a lot of women, uh, a couple of the women even said that uh, this is exactly what I need for my PMS. Like mm-hmm. word, like that was their word. 
and this mm-hmm. satisfies my PMS mm-hmm. and literally. So, you know, we'll see if it creates, we'll, we'll create a community for everybody to join and see how they like it. And yeah. if, if you like it, you share and just pass on the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. And, you know, people can do it at home and it's very simple. You know, it doesn't have to be something that I made, but we'll, we'll let people know how to do these things. Yeah. Well, you're going to keep all of us on our toes for the next month or two or three until we get you on the next podcast, because I'm sure we are going to do another one at the rate that we're going. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, and, and with that being said, obviously, that sounds like a very nice addition for for a woman, right? but they still have to look at everything else that we talked about, right? The environmental toxins, their food, their lifestyle, et cetera, because I mean, we all know there's no, no magic bullet that's going to do everything that if you still do those other things and they're not good, then, you know, your, your options are not, you're, you're not going to, um, you're just not going to feel overwhelmed, like over, overall, just better. You know, you're, you're going to, your chances of feeling overall better is going to increase if you're looking at the whole picture is what I'm trying to say, I should say. Yeah. You know, one thing I could say to somebody is if you can't do anything, literally anything that I said today at home, I would say during those 10 days, start writing a journal, Mm. write your thoughts down, every thought that comes in, whether they're negative, positive, just most of them, if they're negative, I would just say, write them down and then wash them away, right away. Mm. Don't even keep it on that paper. That's a way of energy release because energies come into our body through six senses, five being the five and the six being the brain. If they can come in, they can also go out through six senses. So if you have an energy that's inside your body that's causing some symptoms, then with your sense of hand, sense of sight, sense of words, you can write them down and then wash it away. Do not store it. So that's something that anybody can do with a pen and paper. Something that's very simple, very easy, and energy can be released through that process and through water. So try it. See if it works. If it works, holler. You know, where to reach Jacqueline. Her podcast is there. Facebook is there. MyFuck. Podcast and Facebook, Facebook are on Facebook somewhere, but you can you can reply and let us know that hey you tried something and it worked and yeah that's... let us know and, and you know in the links below um, where people can comment um, let us know your takeaways and let us know what is working for you too I mean I, I would love to have a discussion over this and see what other women are doing as well because um, I know this can be very debilitating for some people too and you know our goal here is really to you know nip that in the butt. Um, and, and the first thing I would say is just take, take a, ad, you know, just at least one action. You know, if you take one action, then it opens the door to the next and the next and the next. Um, and sometimes it is hard to change everything out all at once. So if you think about it like that, you can, you can do one thing, right? You do one thing, do that well, and then move on to the next thing. And, and then you'll find yourself in a, in a lot better place. So Dr. Choksi, is does there anybody, any- does anybody has questions? Like, have you seen any questions? Um, you know what? Since we are on Facebook Live, I can check this. Normally, we don't do that on the podcast, but since you brought that up. Well, maybe somebody does. I mean, this is a hot I was topic. thinking that might be a good idea to check anyway, so we're on the same page here. Let's see. 
Sorry, it's taking a second to load. Cool. What were you asking? What were you about to ask me? Um, well, I was just going to wrap it up, but you, you want to know if people have questions. I don't see any so far. Oh, so we'll cool. see if they put them on there um, later. We can answer them there. Um, but anyways, um, thank you again, Dr. Toxie, for coming on the show. Is there, are there any last words that you want to give the audience? Mm. I would say just, you know, to stay positive. And uh, I know it's kind of hard when I just explained to you that's very hard to stay positive when you don't have neurotransmitters. But journal, 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 you know, gratitude journals, though they're all good things. And um, you know where I am. You can reach me at uh, asynergativehealth.com or just call us. You can find us. I mean, it's, the world is pretty small. So if you have any other particular questions about your health, uh, you are welcome to shoot either one of us. Um, Jacqueline does fantastic work with her patients as well. She doesn't talk about it, but she, <laughs> she's amazing at what she does as well. So those of you who are listening, she can absolutely help you guys out. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Dr. Toxie, for coming to the show. And we're going to look forward to hearing about that, that mysterious thing that you're coming out with in a few months. So listeners, we appreciate you. Uh, Dr. Toxie and I, we do this for you. And we hope that you gain something from this. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you have so far. There's a lot that you can dig through. So go ahead, listen to it on replay and just ask us any questions. Feel free to engage. We, we want to hear from you actually. So please feel free to like and subscribe and put your comments in there and we will be there to answer your questions. All right. Have a blessed week and take Thank care. You. Take care. Bye. God bless.